wonder what it was like for Moses to go up on top of the mountain and meet with God. To have that kind of fellowship with God. To have that kind of interaction with God. I think sometimes as Christians we read stories like this in the Old Testament and we think that uh, that kind of meeting with God is so far beyond us that some privileged few have had a meeting with God unlike anything we can have today. But I want to assure you right now as we go into Dynamic Discipleship Series, session number seven, listen, the title, How to Have a Daily Meeting Time with God. Now listen, the bottom line with this is the meeting time with God, to have time to be with God, to fellowship with God, to talk with God, to listen to God, to find interaction. Can you imagine getting before God and meeting with God, the God of the universe, the living God, and uh, and uh, being able to speak? We find in the scriptures where it says, and God shall hear me, and God shall hear me. We can even read in the book of First John where it says in chapter 5, this is the confidence or assurance uh, we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. Akuo. It means He hearkens to. That He's listening not from a distance, but He's hearkening with intensity to respond. So that if we know that He hears us, we also then know that we have the requests. So listen, this is not, though, just about getting answers in prayer. We're not now just describing um, you know, how to get before God and seek God and get answers to prayer. We'll deal with that in other sessions. We're talking about simply meeting with God. You know, I don't know what your meetings today are like. Maybe at work, maybe at school, maybe at, at home. And you sit down and you have conversations with people. I said one time, and I think I shocked some people in church when I was preaching about the subject of the voice of God, of listening to God, of getting before God and hearing God. I, I kind of equated it with somebody picking up a telephone, calling somebody else, and all of a sudden just ranting over the phone, you know, I've got this bill to take care of, and my kids are not listening to me, and the house the roof is leaking, and the car's not working well, and the yard needs cut, and, and I'm not feeling good today. Okay, thanks, goodbye, and they hang up. That is not the kind of meeting I'm talking about. I'm talking about a meeting in which you know the living personal God, your Savior, your Almighty God is listening to you, is attentive to you, that cares about you. I mean, listen, how can you read the scripture that says, Cast all your care upon Him because He cares for you? That's in the book of Peter. And it comes from the Old Testament. We have the same living God, the same concern, the same compassion, and uh, this incredible desire uh, for us to be in fellowship. I mean, look at the beginning in creation. In creation, God walked with Adam and Eve. He walked with them in the cool of the evening. He fellowshiped with them. There was interaction. We find this in the fellowship of the, of the Godhead. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Let us create man in our likeness and in our image. And so the communication and fellowship that was perfect in the Godhead has now become perfect in the creation when you read Genesis 1 and 2. And everything God created, it is good, it is good, it is good, all the way down to Adam, mankind, male and female. And then the Word of God says, it is very good, very good. 
And I look into all of Scripture, and my walk with God over all these years is I see that He's a that God is a relational God. Listen, I love studying the attributes of God: infinity, uh, His uh, being immeasurable, righteous, holy, all the different attributes of what you know God has revealed Himself to be: the incredible, um, awesome. Our God truly is an awesome God. But he's also the most relational being in all of existence. He knows what relationship is all about. He knows what it is to fellowship. I mean, this is what God is all about. And so the creation of humanity, there was an inseparable and unbroken and uh, perfect and uh, uh, sinless and innocent relationship with God. Now we know that when sin came in, the first thing that went was our relationship with God, and it was all broken. And so man that was created, I mean, it's like a car being created to drive on a road. And uh, the road is there and stretches for miles and miles and miles, and the car is meant, but the engine has been removed. In the fall of mankind, literally our spirits went dead before God, and we were cut off. You know, like the prophet Isaiah says, the trouble is your sins have cut you off from God. And so, yes, we were damaged. We were, we, a, a sin nature uh, came into us. And we began to do things uh, that uh, we were not created for. Well, I don't want to go over a theological lesson on the fall of man and sin. Uh, we're talking now to um, believers like you that have been redeemed by Christ because God the Father so loved the world that He would give the, the monogenesis, the one and only, the only begotten Son of God. Listen, Jesus says He's been sent, uh, uh, the Father has sent Him. Uh, he's been sent to seek and to save that which was lost. God created us in relationship. And even in the fall of the human race, He pursued a relationship. You can see it in the Old Testament as uh, God begins to interact with individuals. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the creation, the divine creation of a nation uh, that is called Israel. And the, um, the way God comes to approach them, He initiates the uh, relationship. He initiates the conversation. He initiates uh, the ways in which the barrier of sin and, and everything can be, can be dealt with through the Old Testament shadows of the, of the fullness to come in Christ. And so now in Christ, I mean, listen, sometimes study John chapter 4 when Jesus, God in human flesh, is there before a woman who has basic uh, knowledge, just basic insight. Um, and there he is ready to give her eternal life and, and fellowship and lets her know that uh, the Father is seeking. Listen, this is so absolutely vital. It's part of the memory, memory verses. Jesus says, Yet a time is coming. This is 2,000 years ago. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. Let that settle in your heart. That the Father seeks. God is spirit and His worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. I don't want you to miss the part, the relational aspect of this. 
They are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. Now I want you to hear this very carefully. God the Father sought you out. God the Father provided the provision of the cross. Uh, Isaiah 53, 700 years before Jesus came, Jesus would be given up as the Lamb of God to take away the sin of the world. He came to die as a substitute. He came to break the barrier. Uh, listen, God didn't do it because He had to clean up a mess. You know, like in some store, you know, uh, clean up on aisle 9, and someone has to come out and grumbling around with a bucket of water and a mop and, and clean up some mess that they didn't make and that they don't even want to deal with. I want you to hear me when I say that God had passion, He had love, He had joy, He had expectancy in the giving of God the Son of the cross. Jesus said, nobody takes my life, you know, his, by his own authority, he would lay it down. He would take it up again, John 10. Because why? God is the God of relationship. God is the God of love. And uh, we see it demonstrated supremely in Jesus. Jesus said, if you want to, if you, if you want to you know, see the Father, you know, look to really look at him. To see him is to see the Father. I and the Father, we are one. To see God, to see how He related, to see how the relationship, everything about the cross, everything, every functional work, uh, the the defeating of sin, the defeating of Satan, the defeating of death, the the the, the power to want in the in the future to 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 bring a new heavens and new earth is all based. Our own immortality is based on Christ dying at the cross. So the powerful function and work of the cross is there but the ultimate issue is the relationship the relationship God wanted us I read this in Timothy when I see in prayers for the lost everywhere God, the spirit of God says this this is good and pleases God our Savior who wills, desires, wants all men all mankind to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth now that tells me again the express desire of God. He desired you. He wanted you. He planned for you. He's matter of fact, he's not planning. He doesn't he doesn't will anybody to be lost for all of eternity. God created something very precious that was to bear his image. And our stupid and fatal choice of sin and rebellion and our hooking up with the dark side is what brought death and shame and pain and hurt and uh, destruction to everything around us. Sin always hurts, my friend. It always hurts our relationship with God, self, and others. And Jesus came to destroy it all so that we could have fellowship with Him. You read in the high priestly prayer of Jesus in John 17, and you see an incredible prayer towards the end, that, that Jesus came to do all that he did. Then he says this, that they may know, gnosko, experiential, real living fellowship, that they may know you, God, and Jesus Christ, whom you've sent. That they may know God. That's why Jesus, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. And you know what? That's what he has wanted. God has given not an obscure, hidden, an occult, you know, hidden, you know, initiatory doorways to somehow mystically seek God. He has ripped open the door. The cross has uh, broken down all the barriers. 
We read in 1 John chapter 2 that he is the atoning sacrifice. The Greek word halosmos. Lifting up and taking away our sins and also then removing the wrath of God. He, he pulled away every possible barrier and then united us in an inseparable, unbroken, eternal, personal, relational fellowship that we can have not only now, but dear Christian friend, it, this is the taste of what is to come. We read in the book of Revelation that one day we shall see God face to face. And I believe that it will be the joy of God. Listen, sometimes when I haven't seen my daughter, my wife, and uh, especially when my daughter was really little and come home to have her run around the corner and, and run up and greet me and sit on my lap and look in my face and I would look in her face and we would talk. Something about a face-to-face -face meeting. We now have uh, a real relationship with God in the Spirit. We worship God in spirit and in truth. We are in fellowship with the living Christ. We can come before the throne of grace with confidence before God. We now know God, Christian. And we are told that we will one day see God face to face. And I just sometimes sit back and, and imagine a little bit of what it would be like to, to look up into the face of God, not as some distant being, you know, uh, uh, you know, so far removed, you know, in attributes. No, because included in these incredible attributes of God is the love and relational. I mean, God, the center of God, God is love. Love is action. And God so loved us. This is how we know what love is, we read in 1 John. You know, that God gave His Son Jesus, that Jesus laid down His life. And so when we read some of these scriptures that tell us concerning this incredible relationship, it is just absolutely, you know, amazing. And so salvation, you know what salvation is that we've been trying to share in the Dynamic Discipleship series? Is, is, the, is, the, is, the, uh, is the presence of the living God coming into your life. Being born again is the presence of the living God coming into your life. Jesus said this in John 17 as he's praying to God the Father before his crucifixion. He says, Father, that I myself may be in them. Or earlier on in John 12 and 13 and 14, here's what Jesus says. If you love me, you'll obey my teaching. And if you obey my teaching, my Father, listen, this is what it says, will, will come and listen, he says that the Father and He would come and make their home, their dwelling within us. So we have, again, the idea of the personages of God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, but we also have the unity of God. Christian, you have the living God dwelling in your life, the Father, the Son, the Spirit. Yes, through the function, through the means of Christ the Son, but given by the Father, ministered by the Spirit of God. You accepted Christ and all that He's done in your repenting of sin and turning to God. And uh, immediately the Spirit of God flowed into your dead human spirit, made you alive to God. Romans chapter 8 tells us this. His Spirit, God the Holy Spirit, bears witness with your spirit, bears witness, witnesses to the fact tells you on the inside out that you are a child of God. We've received the spirit of adoption whereby we can cry out, Abba, Father. 
the spirit of the living God has come into you and your life now is animated with the presence of God. Romans 6 says that we are to count ourselves dead to sin and alive to God. Wow. Hey, listen, this is Russ Dizdar, ShadowTheDarkness.net on the web. We are in the discipleship uh, series that we call Dynamic Discipleship, meaning from the Greek word uh, dunamis, power, uh, we're saved by the power of God. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God, the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Word of God, the power of prayer. Listen, in Second Peter chapter 1, we're told that His divine power, now that we're born again, Christ coming into us, His divine power has given us everything we need for two things, it says, life and godliness. The Greek words, life, zoe, godliness, is eusebia meaning the Christ-like life and the ability to be devoted and committed to God. Christian, you have dwelling in you permanently, animating your very being, the divine power of God to live for Christ, to be committed to God, to be devoted and to serve God. And one of those things, one of those areas of your walk with God that is so vital, that is so privileged, is having a daily, actual daily meeting time with God. Now listen, you can talk to God all day. We can stop right now. You can, you know, you're in your car. You can pull off by a, a roadside somewhere and um, and go out to a park or whatever else and just simply sit and say, here I am, Lord, and begin to talk to the Lord. You can do it in an elevator going up from one floor to the other. That's the neat thing about being a believer because you're in spirit. Uh, there's nowhere you can be outside of God's presence. Where can I go from God's presence? You know, where can I flee? The Old Testament writer says, you can't. You now have the unbroken, unceasing, and permanent presence of the living, personal God within you. And when I say presence, I mean God. Christ in you, the hope of glory. And one of the things that's going to strengthen you in your relationship and build your experiential relationship and deepen that relationship is having a daily meeting time with God. Some have called this a quiet time. Andrew Murray, the great devotional writer, used to call it the morning watch and or then also the night watch, meaning that you have a specific time with God. Now listen, I want to talk to you about a specific time with God. And there's a good reason for a specific time with God. I mean, again, any time during the day, all day, you know, whatever, during Sunday, you know, collectively worshiping God and being with God and, and uh, listening to God and so forth. But I'm talking about a time when you set things aside and uh, you're going to meet with God, and you're going you're gonna to literally have time with God. Listen, if you want to grow in an experiential knowledge uh, of God, becoming familiar with His presence, familiar with His voice, the vo Jesus said in John 10, My sheep know my voice. And we're not going to listen to another. If you want to become uh, familiar with the supernatural, interactive uh, um, um, activity, uh, ministry of the Word of God, then you're going to have to give God time. If you want to know how it is to pray in the Spirit, the power of the Spirit. In the Greek, it's locative of Spirit. means literally in the Spirit and presence and power of the Spirit of God who will help you. If you want to be able to uh, listen to God in the context of your praying and uh, become powerful in prayer and in spiritual warfare prayer, but also in just the embrace of worship. Let me tell you something. Having a daily meeting time with God is a privilege. Um, 
it is a is it's a necessity. I'm going to tell you right now, it really is a necessity. I don't know too many Christians at all. I really don't. And, and I know myself pretty much after 30 some years of being a believer of, um, you know, I can't go a week. Like, you know, maybe some people can go five months or whatever and not have, you know, they just talk to God here and there, whatever. I can't. I love being with God. I have things to pray about. I have things to seek the Lord over. I sometimes just want to be with God. Being in His presence and getting still like the Old Testament. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. Let me say it again. Be still and know that I am God. We give time to everything else. We give time to eating food. We give time to conversation with other people. We give time to worry. We give time to paying bills. We give time to uh, you know, going to the stores. We give time to the television. Too much time to the television. Amen? We give appointed times to so many other things. What about appointed time with God? What about guarding an appointed time with God? Let me give you one verse. Then we're going to go into uh, some of the stuff that I've written on the web. You may have gotten this from iTunes or wherever else. But I want you to know on on the web at shatterthedarkness.net, we have, um, if you click on the icon that says Dynamic Discipleship, and this is session number seven, and there's a whole outline of notes that you can follow. You can print them out, um, take a pencil and paper. It's good to do. These these sessions are usually about an hour long. And uh, you can go over some of these things. And as you do, let God breathe into you some of the biblical truth, some of the biblical revelation, which is, by the way, the living words of God. That means His presence is in the words also. I mean, the Word of God is the language of the Spirit of God. Whether I say the Bible says, or the Holy Spirit says, or God says. Man, it's the personal living Word. In the book of Hebrews, we're told that the Word of God, the Logos of God, is living and active. That it's alive and that it's got uh, a supernatural operative power to it. That's how you got saved. You can't get saved without it. We're born again, it says in the book of Peter, by the living, enduring Word of God. The Word of God is eternal. It's not going to fade. And it's the absolute. It's the infallible. It's the inerrant. It's the supernatural. It's the inspired. It's the incredible. Alive. Living. Words. Of God. So let me read one of those to you. In Psalm 5. Verse 3, you might want to repeat it again and again and again. Maybe we'll do that because I want you to memorize Scripture. Listen, as your friend and uh, as a pastor 30 years or so, and as a discipler and as a Christian brother in Christ, uh, I encourage you to memorize Scripture and memorize it word. And I've got a session on that. And to learn to memorize it word perfect and so forth. Why? Well, because it is the Word of God. It's a privilege. It's a revelation of God. It's how we get saved. It's how we grow. It's how we battle the enemy. It's how we uh, witness to others. It's how we counsel others. It's how God so many times just instantly speaks to us and reminds us. But He can't remind you of what you don't know. Listen, I don't know if He's ever spoken to you Psalm 5.3. But once I learned it, uh, so many times it's come back to me. So many times it's come back to me. Sometimes I would, you know, in the early days I would say, well, Lord, you know, is it okay if I just meet you at the end of the day, like 11 o'clock at night? 
And then I learned the principle of why go through the entire day of all the activity and all the stuff without seizing the day first in the presence of God, in interaction, praying over the day, and then getting up from that powerful you know, meeting time with God and launching out as His missionary to the world. Being spiritually filled up and active and alive and discerning and prepared uh, to minister and so forth. Psalm 5.3, here's what it says, In the morning, O Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning I lay my requests before you and wait in expectation. In the morning, O Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning I lay my requests before you and wait in expectation. Let me say Psalm 5.3 again. You might want to repeat it with me and put it on a 3x5 card. Write it on a on a yellow little you know sticky note or something like that keep it with you all day put it in your day timer put it in your palm pilot text it to yourself it's more valuable probably than the other text you'll get psalm 53 in the morning o lord you hear my voice in the morning i lay my requests before you and wait in expectation one biblical verse reveals so much. God doesn't sleep. We have to. God is infinite. We are finite. Our physical bodies can only take so much. And when we get up in the morning, and when we get ready for the entire day, you know, 15, 16, 17 hours of the day, isn't it better to meet with God? Doesn't this give us a tremendous example of the timing? To meet with God in a quiet time. To be still and know that He is God. To get the Word of God in you and so forth. Listen, here's what this verse reveals too. This experienced believer says to God, to the Lord, You hear my voice. You hear my voice. And that's what you can be confident of. Oh, listen, you're going to go through times where you think, you know, you're asking and seeking God for answers. See, we question when an answer doesn't come in on, in our timing. We, we like, where are you at, God? You know, and uh, that's something we have to learn along the way, uh, that God is absolutely perfect about his timing. But there's also conditions in the area of prayer. Did we come in faith? Are we asking amiss? You know, different things, the will of God. And so it's very important that we understand, you know, the will of God. My, one of my favorite verses and revelations about God that absolutely, absolutely glues me to Him in His presence is in Isaiah forty-eight seventeen, that He is the Lord our God, our Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. Listen, this is what it says. Who teaches us what is best for us and leads us in the way that we should go. I, I tell you what... As a human father, I believe every ounce of my life for all these years as a human father, I have done what I felt and thought, even in light of biblical you know, revelation and of God making me a man of God and a good father, I felt that I've only had one intent, to do what is best for my child and to lead them in the way they should go. But listen, compare that now to the infinite personal immeasurable, powerful, omnipresent, omnipotent, omniscient, 
God who died for you on the cross. You don't think that he, that he knows what's best? I have no problem surrendering and saying, God, since I can't calculate life and calculate everything going on and everything else, since my understanding of what is best is finite and limited and yours is infinite, I surrender to yours. And I surrender the fact that you want to teach me what is best. You don't hold back. And you want to lead me in the way that I should go. And you know what, my friend? A lot of that teaching me what is best and a lot of that leading me in the way I should go comes when I have meeting times with God, when I'm fellowshipping with God, when I'm seeking Him and praying and looking to Him. Well, let's, listen, let's go over some of the things because on the webpage... I have uh, not only the outline of this, uh, this discussion here, but I have a number of YouTube videos that deal with um, some of the music um, in worship, some of the most incredible worship songs that you can use. And I would really encourage you, uh, I don't know if I'll get to say it towards the end, but I want to really encourage you now that uh, just to kick back later on, uh, listen to some of these or get a CD of some of the worship songs. Sometimes just get before the Lord and let those songs play and embrace God and wait on God. Be still and know that I'm God. You don't always have to stand up and jump around and, you know, you know. listen, sometimes you can just stop and be still. God is God. God is God. Sometimes in this a unique quietness. Sometimes listening, I listen to Gregorian chant, some of the most purest form of worship, of just words and voices. We read in the book of uh, of Ephesians chapter five that we're to be filled with the Spirit of God, that we're to speak to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, making melody out of our own hearts erupting out of our own relationship with God, you know, can come songs about God, can become songs of, and that's where some of the hymns and some of the songs, listen, when you're singing some of the psalms and singing some of the hymns, you are literally manifesting out loud as you're worshiping in spirit, the very, uh, you're witnessing to the, to the, um, to the spiritual beings around you the angels even, and the, even the demonic around. Um, literally, our worship um, uh, and the words from those hymns and praise songs and, and spiritual songs manifest the attributes of God, the truths of God, and so forth. So I encourage you to uh, you know, take time to listen to some of those and, and, um, and to really learn some of those too. Very important uh, to be able to do that. Let me also now mention... This is the very beginning of the session. And again, session seven, how to have a daily meeting time with God. And it just begins by saying this, He is God and He is alive. We were made for God and by Him. It is an awesome thing to know God personally. That's what being born again is all about. Alive to God and dead to sin, Romans chapter 6. Let me just read again in the book of Hebrews chapter 4. Therefore, since we have a great high priest, that's Jesus, who has gone through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we possess. See now the Spirit of God? He's calling us uh, to hold firmly to the faith we profess. Uh, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, 
but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are yet without sin let us then verse 16 let us then based on these truths approach the throne of grace with confidence greek word for confidence meaning with utter freedom of speech unhindered to come before god listen what is it the thr- i mean the locality of god is is described in this term um the throne of grace the throne of unmerited favor the throne of where god is um pouring out the blessing pouring out the mercy pouring out the grace where he wills relationship with him where he desires the salvation of man where he desires the fellowship of the saved where he desires the development of the saved where he desires the empowerment of the saved where he desires the fruitfulness of the saved now christian you come before the throne of grace god is there we can come with confidence the holy spirit says so that we may receive that's part of meeting with god that we might receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need and so meeting time deals sometimes with having need in our lives and sometimes uh, there's no question i've come crying to god i've come crying to god crying out to the lord you can read through the psalms and when you pour through the psalms you're going to see where they cried out in their distress they were crying out to god in their anguish they're crying out to god in the midst of their trouble and god heard the believer and god interacted with the believer and god came to the believer i go on in the writing of the notes to say this he is in you as a believer in Jesus Christ, born again of the Spirit of God. He is in you and you are in Him. This is a living fellowship and our time with Jesus daily should start with the reality that we are meeting with Him. It's not just Bible time. It's not just hurry up and throw some prayers up. It is meeting with the living person of Christ. Personal presence. Christ is there. He's in you. He's above you. He's beyond you. He's beside you. The inseparable presence. Worship can be so incredible if we come before Him and embrace Him in worship and fellowship. He is alive above you, within you now as a believer, and on you now as a believer. His presence is is in the Word of God and in the fire of prayer. And I have this marked down in the notes. Quiet time, dot, 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 dot. And then it says this, is mountain time. It's like going to the mountain. It's like being able to, uh, to go to the, to, the, to the edge of the heavenlies. Literally, the book of Hebrew or the book of Ephesians tells us that not only is Christ in us, But 11 times we are in Him. We are in Christ. We have been seated with Christ in the heavenly realms. That's why I keep telling you, it's an inseparable, unbroken. You are in Him. He is in you. That is a permanent relationship. It's not about how you feel right now. It's not about when you're having a bad day. It's not about even when you slip up somewhere and have a sin and need to confess it. It is about the fact that Christ is living in you and that you have been baptized by the Spirit of God into the body of Christ, which means the Spirit of God not only is in you, but has literally taken you up into Him. If you are in Christ, He's in the heavenlies, high and lifted up above all. And the Word of God says in Ephesians chapter 1 that you've been seated. See the idea here? Seated in the heavenly realms in Christ with every spiritual blessing. 
my goodness, dear Christian, I'm telling you that the incredible ability to be able to meet with God is, is an enormous thing. He's always around. We could acknowledge Him anytime, but to sit back and say, you know what? I'm giving God an hour. I'm giving God time. If you even begin with a half hour. Now, some would say, well, I want to give Him 12. Well, listen, everybody works things that are going on. I understand that. I'm just saying, plan a quiet time with God. And let me tell you something. When you have that with God on a daily basis, then when you need to at other times, you know, there's been times I needed to go before God in ministry and other things and in spiritual warfare and other issues. And I mean, spend three, four hours. I've, I've had to be with the Lord, being in ministry and being in preaching and on the field, taking teams and being, being in a two-hour prayer, you know, uh, intercessory meeting and worship. But let me tell you, on a daily basis, to be able to meet with God and just every day, get in the Word, every day, be with God, every day, pour out prayer, every day, have fellowship with God, every day, you know, uh, just be before the Lord. And I'm going to go over some of the reasons why it is so absolutely vital that we take an appointed time. Listen, Christian, if we can have appointed times for everything else, even the dentist and the doctor, we're talking about God now, your God, the God that died, came and died for you on the cross. And so... What a privilege. What an awesome thing. It's a meeting with God, infinite, massive, your Lord God Almighty, yet there with you as friend and king. Now, how do you have a daily meeting time with God? Well, let me just say this. You know, plan it. I'm going to say right now, plan it. Under point number one, don't miss it for anything. I'm just going to give you three major points here. Don't miss it for anything. Point two, learn what to do. Point three. A spirit-led format, a covering the spiritual basis. I'll explain that in a moment. Number one, don't miss it for anything. What could be more important on your agenda? Listen, even as you're writing notes down in your daily time, some people do that, you know, getting ready. You can be an executive, going to work, doing whatever else, getting your stuff together, getting your lunch, going off to work, college, school, whatever. Busy, 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 busy. Are you too busy for God? And if you are too busy for God, listen, you are too busy you don't have time to make time with God you don't have time to make time with the God who sent his son to die on the cross yeah let it hit a little bit heavy okay because we need sometimes in America to be wary of becoming Laodicean and apathetic and you know what so far out of distance with God listen I remember seeing the old sign that says this if God seems far away Guess who moved? Well, it wasn't him. How to have a meeting time with God? Number one, don't miss it. Don't miss it. Spend time with God. Plan on it, you know. Sp you know, just when you're planning everything else, just write it on in there, you know. If you got to go to work at 8 o'clock in the morning, you know, plan it at 6.30 in the morning. You know, if you got to do whatever else, plan around it. If you got to, you know, have things taken care of and phone off the hook and TV off and whatever else. And maybe you're a mother at home and the babies are going to go to sleep. And Susanna Wesley, the mother of John Wesley, I believe... I think it was 11 children. I forget whether it was 11 or 13 children. But she had a quiet time with God every single day. During the time, she would rock her children one by one. She'd be pouring out her prayers and fellowshipping God and worshiping God. And obviously, that even had an effect on John and Charles Wesley, who became powerfully used by God in England to help uh, bring the... Uh, the, the the message of salvation and the power of God and revival to England. So, plan it, guard it, and unleash. 
planet guarded and unleashed. I guarantee you in spiritual warfare, the enemy doesn't want you to have that time. He doesn't want you to get the word of God in you. He doesn't want you to put out prayer because prayer is powerful. He doesn't want you to become more spiritually discerning. He doesn't want you to listen to what the Spirit of God is saying to the churches. And so I guarantee you he will try to mess up your time. The issue is this, in nailing down your daily time, be, I heard this a long time ago, listen, I heard this a long time ago from somebody else, be persistent until you are consistent. Be persistent until you are consistent. But take it as a privilege. I believe it's a duty also. Don't get me wrong, I do. I believe we're called on to prayer. I believe that we're to, you know, God called the watchmen in, in, in Isaiah 62. He called them to get up there and to be there praying. You know, give God no rest, give yourself no rest. We're, we're, we're called on in, in, in Timothy chapter 2. Uh, where the Spirit of God emphasizes, first of all, and with urgency, prayers and intercession. So meeting time with God is not just personally for just only your feeling good. <laughs> when I go to meet with God in the proper way, when I'm done, I feel great. But I'm going to tell you what, I don't go just so I can say, God, I need, a little, I need a little hit today, as if God was a drug that he just simply inject me a little bit and I go off. God's not a drug. He's a personal God. He is God, man. He's the God of the universe. He's the God of the cross. He's the God of the blood that dripped in your behalf. Don't miss it for anything. Plan it. Guard it. People try to steal it from you. They don't know what they're doing. You know, guard it. If someone says, listen, you know, I'm going to interrupt you. No. You know, put a sign on your door. Maybe it's, you know, in the morning you get to work a little bit early. Maybe you have the privilege of going into an office and closing the door for a half hour. You know? You know what? Guard your time. Let people know in your household. Give others in your household room, whether it's their own bedroom or wherever else. I know a couple of people that have in their home, well, they have a room that has been turned into a little chat. I'm serious. They've turned a room in their house into a little chapel. And it's used by different members of the house to go in and be before the Lord and seek the Lord. And it's set up just for getting in there and studying. And I love it. That's tremendous. I have this wonderful little office where I do all of my broadcasts and, and, and stuff from. And I can meet with God. But I can do it upstairs too. And I do it outside. And I, when I run through the woods, it takes me an hour to do this jogging that I do through the woods, through the mountain, mountain trail bikes. It's kind of like partial jogging, par partial walking and and arm exercises that I do. Nobody else is usually back in there. and uh, But I talk to God. I sometimes stop and just worship. I stand and I'm be still and know that I'm God. I'm just there before God. I That's one of the things I do. I just r recognize. Now, I'll talk about that in a moment, recognition. But plan it. Figure it out during the week. You know, Build it into your schedule. I believe that honors God. When you make it important and you put it in and you say, you know what, this is the number one thing. Seek first His kingdom and His righteousness and all the other things will be added to you. Plan it. Guard it. And then unleash in worship, in fellowship, in the Word, in intercessory prayer, in spiritual warfare prayer, listening, so forth. Well, that's point number two. If you got it nailed down, if you got the time, if you got a half hour at the least, maybe even an hour, you know, if you've got the time, guess what? Guess what? You got to know what to do within that time. And it's not just about beginning to say, okay, I'm just going to begin to pray. You know, if you're a brand new believer, when I was a brand new believer, I didn't know a whole lot of what to do. Just started talking to God. But the more you learn in scripture, the more, you know, so forth, the more you have, you have things to do. 
See, I, I have things to do, especially with my prayer mapping and everything else that I do. I have a lot of things to pray about and to seek the Lord over. And even the studies and everything else, even this session right here, all came from seeking the Lord, praying through things, and saying, Lord, give me a basic lesson and uh, bringing things out here. Well, what to do? Number one, the only, here's the number one thing I can, I can set, tell you. Acknowledge His immediate unbroken presence. Before you start singing, anything, just acknowledge the presence of God. Father, you're here. I acknowledge you. Your word says so, and so I just stop right now, and I bow. Within my heart, I bow. You know, I've done this on an elevator before. I've done this in places. I've done this all over, where I just need to kind of close my eyes for a moment when I need to. Acknowledge the inseparable presence of God, that I am before the throne of grace, and that I have a few things that I need to seek the Lord, or need to ask Him, or just literally have a spiritual refreshment for even 10 minutes somewhere during the day. But if you have that half hour time or an hour, which is great, to be at the Lord, well, I would say begin with worship. And I'll show you that in a few moments here. But worship means praising God and blessing God and, and simply uh, yielding to Him and, and uh, just uh, ascribe greatness to God. Tell the Lord, man, tell Him, thank you, Lord, for what you do. Thank you for who you are. You know, in the Psalms we're told to meditate. Um, and the Hebrew word has the idea of uh, uh, rotating uh, the subject around and around until it's really fascinated, you know, fastened into our heads and hearts. So you could meditate on the Word of God. You could meditate in His presence. You can just begin to sit before the Lord and worship Him and meditate and think through the Word of God. You can, you can think through the character of God or the works of God. Meditate on the Word of God, the character and being of God, and then also the works of God. And as you meditate, let the Spirit of God speak to you in that context and build your faith. By the way, faith comes from hearing and hearing by the Word of God and by the presence of God. And I would say as you worship, let me say this, wait then before the Lord. Wait to where you really get a sense, a perspective of His presence. Here's where you're seeking the Lord. Here's where you're acknowledging the Lord. Here's where you, as a temple of the Spirit of God, sacred, uh, washed by the blood of Jesus, precious to God right now. I'm just telling you, God loves it. He loves when you're there. He loves when you come before Him. Not just with a bunch of anxiety and worry and whatever. I'll, we'll get to that. But just in His presence. In His presence. And uh, that's the powerful, powerful thing that you and I can do. Be in His presence. And, uh, and acknowledge Him. So, and then wait as you do. And then get into the Word of God. You know, maybe you have a, you're reading through the Psalms, you're reading through a particular verse, you know, a section of Scripture that you feel led to. Maybe it's something else. Um, that's what I would say to do. To really, you know, take time, read some Scripture, you know, um, you know look what it, you know, it says, and, um, and just really um, let, let God speak to you about that Scripture. Let God speak to you and, and, and let the Word of God have effect in your life. That's a tremendous thing to do in the presence of God. An enormous thing to do to honor Him by the Word of God. And, 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 and that is the living voice of God. That is the Word of God. And we're here to accept it, to receive it. We're here to uh, put it into practice. We're here to believe it. You know, that's what we're here to do. And then there's also times when we sit back and wonder or in awe of God. 
And so just take time. Like that scripture in Psalm says, be still and know that I'm God. And then maybe take a little bit more time to wait upon God and uh, wait for, see what God's going to remind you of. You know, you can even, there's times that, Lord, is there a verse of scripture you want to speak to me? And there's times the Holy Spirit, Psalm 80, you know, 8110, uh, Psalm, you know, uh, 34, the chapter, read the whole, you know, and I'll feel led, the Holy Spirit, just simply give a verse. Sometimes it's verses that I know comes to my mind. It's not where I begin to think. You could think of it yourself, the Word of God's good, but sometimes God picks it out, and God gives it to you. And you can learn that and develop that sense along the way, God giving you scriptures and giving you word um and that's just that's just absolutely privileged <laughs> privileged information yes privileged fellowship yes uh that's just uh, the incredible thing that god that god can do in our lives as we fellowship with him and uh, i think that um if you if you begin to do that you begin to develop that and pour out in prayer and pour out things in prayer and you know it's not just your own needs now too i begin and you're going to see why begin with intercession and pour out prayers for others and so forth and all that god wants you to pray you know be open to god and say god what do you want me to be praying about who has needs you know and on and on and, and god through his word through the spirit you'll begin to have more and more things to pray about you need to spend time with prayer prayers don't get answered if they haven't been asked and then listen to God in the midst of your prayer. And then be a witness of your, your time with God. Let people know what God said to you. Let people know the scripture. You know, that's part of the neat thing. Going off to work then and someone else is at work and says something to you. You say, well, you know what? Man, I met with God this morning. I had time with God this morning. And the, the Lord showed me this verse. And this verse is incredible. Look, it says, in the morning, O Lord, you hear my voice. God is listening to me. And you say that to somebody else and they're like, wow, you know, I want God to listen to me. You know, you say that to people that are into New Age and psychics and all that kind of stuff. And, and all that junk that they're trying to find something and they don't have anything. But we have a personal living God in His presence. In His personal presence, my friend. And that is, um, that's what I'm talking about as far as, um, you know, really acknowledging Him and really... Uh, embracing God. Now, point three is very vital. I want to go through what is what Jesus taught as the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer. Now, we've heard it said that, but literally, it's the disciples' prayer. It's in Luke and Matthew. And you know, our Father in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, listen. That I don't repeat that on a daily basis, but I use the the basic outline. I believe God gave a divine outline. That it involves, listen, it involves, first of all, our worship, interaction with God. Second of all, intercession and extending the will of God and praying the kingdom of God, the advance of God's cause on the earth. That's God first and all the other needs will come, you know, will we'll be followed, you know, come up, you know, be taken care of along the way. That's Matthew 6.33. And then uh, the daily needs, our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. Pray about your own stuff. Uh, forgive us our sins as we forgive others. That's victory over sin, the issue of sin. Uh, lead us not into temptation. That's victory over temptation. Deliver us from the evil one. Victory over the dark powers. And you do warfare then. So literally, point number three says this. Spirit-led information. Spirit-led information. Uh, or format, rather covering the spiritual basis 
Now, some people just go, and, and there's nothing again. If you just take five minutes to pray, you've done right, but you have a lot more you could do. You've done right. I want you to hear it again in His presence. In the presence of Jesus. First of all, you're meeting with God. You're meeting with God in worship. You're meeting with God in fellowship. You're literally saying, God, hallowed be thy name. You're literally just giving God all the due and credit and, and just embracing God. That's where you can just get filled up with the Spirit of God. Don't worry about anything else during this time, about anything else. God will bring it up. Just love God. Just praise God. Just get before God. And as you sing songs of praise, as you sing things, guess what? Your faith will be lifted up. Oppression can go off of you. The power of God can come all over you. After you've done worship, after you've been in the presence of God, after you've really worshipped the Lord, guess what then? Then you begin to intercede. Intercession, pouring out prayer. Intercession then. If, you're, you know, if you've met in worship and praised God and you're filled up with God, man, then you're like on fire for intercession. Led by the Spirit of God to pray in faith. To begin to pray God's love, God's grace, God's power for others. Now this is praying the agenda of God. That's praying the agenda of God now, Christian. Praying God's will, you know, for His kingdom come, His will be done on earth that is as in heaven. We don't decide God's will, but we implement it. We advance it in prayer. And that's why I want to encourage you. Make a prayer map. That is just get paper and begin to write down all the things God wants you to pray for souls. That's number one. You read that in, in Timothy chapter chapter uh, 2. You're going to read very clear. This is good and pleases God, man. A prayer warrior. Their first cause, their first passion. Pray for souls. That, that is good and pleases God. That is good and pleases God our Savior. Man, to pray for souls. The Spirit of God will be upon you. The hand of God, the love of God, the burden of God, the names of lost people, writing them down. You're more, you're more likely then to want to go out and get them and witness to them and bring them to church and bring them to you know, outreach events. Prayer map, you know. Pray for your church. Pray for your pastor. Pray for your family. Pray for the people around you. Pray for your neighborhood. Pray for, you know, revival. Pray for spiritual awakening. Pray, you know, listen, you got so many things. That's where God is unleashing answers. Miracles come from intercession. Uh, God's power revivals that strike churches and, and cities and nations. In the presence of God, my friend, pray it. You know, you need to be a prayer warrior. Grow in that. Get before God, the Holy Spirit of God. Romans chapter 8. He is with you to help you to pray and intercede. Point C. Daily needs and desires. Man, I pour out prayers for, you know, of God's will and just pouring out myself to pray for all the things that God wants done and wants accomplished as God would lead me and as I have things down that I'm praying for. I have a, I have a, in my prayer map, there's probably over 100 names of lost people and I keep checking them off when people get saved. I've got testimony over all the years now of names that are down, of people who have gotten saved, and specifically my family, as I listed down, you know, all, all kinds of family members, extended family members, and seeing one by one by one by one come to Jesus. Truly, I saw my little brother come to Jesus. I saw my mom come to Jesus. My dad come to Jesus. I've seen my family members come to Jesus. I've seen others come to Jesus. I, I, I prayed for my grandmothers, and I got to lead my grandmother to Christ, and my wife led my other grandmother to Christ. They're, in, they're with the Lord right now. 
So that's intercession, man. And when you allow, you know, the Holy Spirit to move through you in intercession, you're going to feel the very passionate heart of God, and that's going to help you to become God's witness on the field and to do His will also. You can't help but to be filled, you know, to be fired up for the Lord then. Well, the next part of this is, you know, our daily needs. Psalm 37, God, you know, delight yourself in the Lord and He'll give you the desires of your heart. Listen, I have no problem. I had one Christian one time tell me, hey man, I, I, I can ask for other people, but I can't ask for myself. Well, then, you know what? I share. You don't know the Word of God very well. You don't know how much God loves you. You're not accepting the love God has for you. Have you read 1 John chapter 3, verse 1? Look how much love the Father has lavished upon us that we should be called the children of God. And that is what we are. Daily needs and desires. God cares about you. God's concerned about you. The very hairs of your head, you know, I mean, are numbered. You can't do anything to change anything by worry, but you can when you come before God, get still in His presence, worship the Lord, seek the Lord about your daily needs, you know, interact with the Lord with the Word of God. You know, I'm praying about my family, praying about things. I, I pray about things. Sometimes I've said, Lord, I'm asking the Spirit of God to show me what do I need to pray about myself? about myself if you can get led specifically by the spirit of god to pray for others you can get led specifically by the spirit of god about what you're what you really need lay out your needs before god take them through the scriptures god wants you to psalm 37 deals with this factor that that you know delight yourself in the lord worship man do his will delight yourself in the lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart I want you to really know this. I want you to really know this in the will of God. And uh, just bring things before God. The next point, D, on the page is uh, in, in that format that Jesus gave. You know, and, and forgive our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. Our, you know, forgive us our debts. The idea, Lord, is there any sin in my life right now? Is there anything you know, that I've done that, that is offensive to you? And if he shows me something, it's something to repent about. And to remember Romans chapter 8. You know, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. Romans 6 tells me the sin nature has been rendered powerless. Sin shall not be my master. Uh, I have victory in Jesus over sin. And I want to cast out anything inside of me. Romans 8 tells you by the spirit of God to, to get rid of anything left of sin. Just get it out of your life. And, um, and walk in the Spirit, walk in the truth of God. And you can. And that's where you can deal with things. Instead of Some people carry it all day long. They carry their sin issue all day long. And that's pretty stupid. That is, it really is. It just you know, bogs you down. Someone said before, you know, sin will keep you from the Bible. The Bible will keep you from sin. I'll also say it this way. Sin will keep you from personal fellowship with God. Or personal fellowship with God. Being filled up in His presence, His victorious presence, will want you to hate sin and get it out of your life and want nothing to do with the rotten um, garbage of sin issues. You're free, my friend. In Jesus, you're forgiven. In Jesus, you're free. In Jesus, you have power over sin. You do. Romans chapter 8, study it well. Now, the next point, E, victory over temptation. 
You know, so in my daily prayer time, as I've worshipped, as I poured out intercession, as I prayed about my own needs, as I say, Lord, is there any sin issues or forgiveness issues or you know those kind of relational things? You know, forgive people too. You know, no bitterness on my heart, that kind of stuff. Then I come to victory over temptation, where the scripture says simply, you know, and lead us not into temptation. You know, literally, don't allow us. You know, keep me from falling into temptations. You know, Jesus warned the early disciples, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat, but I've prayed for you. God can give you insight. What is the, you know, if you get before the Lord and say, Lord, what am I struggling with? What temptations are coming my way? You know something? He can tell you. He can show you what's coming your way and what to stay away from, what to get away from. So victory over temptation. Uh, no temptation has seized you except what is common to men. You read it in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. And you're freed from its power. Um, you're not free from being tempted. James 1, each man is tempted when by his own evil desire, you know, or enticed and, you know, so we're dragged away. Listen, victory over temptation is demonstrated in our quiet time with God and learning what's around us and, 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 and we're to resist the devil that he might flee from us. We're, like it says in Titus, to say no to ungodliness. The grace of God teaches us to say no. You know, to throw things, you know, any sin issues out of our life, but even the temptation issue. Now, there's a verse, I don't have it written down, but you can look at it in, in the book of Peter. To abstain from evil desires that war against your soul, your emotions, your mind. Temptations, if you let them stay there too long, they keep warring against you and warring against you. You know, get them out, cut them off, shout them out, say no, make it, put your foot down. And this is a good time to do it when you recognize, you know what, there's a couple of things really pressing on me. Right now, I'm making my decision. Right now, I'm going to walk in the Spirit and not gratify the desires of the flesh. No to temptation. No to this rotten you know, garbage. No to this interruption with my fellowship with God. No, I'm a, I'm a child and so forth. Well, under F, the last part of this primarily is victory over the dark powers. Now listen, the writer goes on to say, Jesus goes on to say, and, and deliver us from the evil one. And I believe Jesus was teaching us again, covering all the bases. We've worshipped, we've poured out intercession, we've prayed about our own daily issues that He wants us to, we've dealt with any sin interruptions and victory over, we've dealt with any pressures and temptation and victory over, and now we're dealing with any, uh, any attacks from the evil one. Lord, is there any attacks coming from the evil one? Is the evil one coming in against me in any way? What arrows of the enemy are being sent, Ephesians 6? Those arrows that he is sending in. What lies, what, what doubts is he trying to get me with, Lord? And that's when the Spirit of God can give you the Word of God to stand on, give you this spiritual discernment to know what the enemy's doing, and then to unleash, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. The Lord rebuked the assignment of doubt on this area. The Lord rebuked this and, and so forth and, and orally command the uh, oppression sometimes around you uh, to get away in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, deliver me from the work of the enemy right now. And I command you to get out in the name of Jesus Christ. Luke 10, you have authority, Christian, authority to trample the dark powers, to overcome Nike, win with the a decisive victory over the enemy and all his power, but only if you use it. And so in this format, divine format that Jesus gave, instead of just throwing a few prayers, no, you know, get before the Lord, acknowledge him, worship, interact, fellowship with God, man, and then intercede and pour out prayers and, and uh, the power of God in prayer, and then seek 
your own issues and your daily needs. And then find your victory over sin issues, over temptation, and victory over the dark powers. And then just listen. You can continue to worship God. You can continue to draw near. Let me mention quickly here, because we're over an hour already. Here are some helps. Here are some of the helps for worship. Learn to sing to Him. Learn to sing to God. Yes. And uh, I didn't I didn't know how to do this in my early days, but I love praise songs and hymns that I know now. Because, you know what? When you're singing out loud in the power and presence of the Holy Spirit, you're literally bringing manifestation of the presence of God. You're letting, you know... God inhabits the praise of His people. Listen, this is what God wants you to do. To draw in. You're going to hear some of the music coming from the background because we're getting close to the end. Some of those um, video clips that are on the news, on, on the page that we have. Learn to sing to Him. Learn some praise songs and hymns. Learn to wait, listen, and experience. Learn to wait, listen, and experience. What if you miss it? What if you miss it? And why in the morning? If you miss it, you can miss out all that God might be doing during the daytime. You could be missing what God wants to speak into your life. Can you imagine running out the door while God is sitting in the chair waiting for you? Can you imagine the God that loved you? That died for you? That, that, that sought you out? That sought you as a worshiper? A fellowshipper? Christian, come before the Lord. Worship the Lord daily. Meet with God on a daily basis. Start it off in the morning. Start it off in the morning, and if you only had 15 or 20 or 30 minutes, do it. You can meet with the Lord in the evening, too. I call it the night watch. Others have called it the night watch. You know, meeting time with God has everything to do with you meeting God. But a lot of things are done. Worship, listening, the interaction of the Word of God, consistent study, memorization, a, um, a literally honoring of God and the attributes of, his, of God meeting with Jesus of being filled up with Jesus for the day being strengthened by the word of God giving the spirit of God giving you warning I just encourage you dear Christian don't miss it don't miss a day without God don't miss a day without fellowship don't miss a day without being empowered man don't miss a day without meeting with God and coming out of that meeting on fire, smoking with the very presence of God, launching out as a witness. Hey, God bless you, my friend. This is Russ Dizdar. Shatterthedarkness.net on the web. The dynamic discipleship series for you. God's love to you. God's blessing upon you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we worship you together right now. Wherever my friend is listening right now, together we just raise up our arms before you and we worship you. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Yahweh, our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, mighty God. Hallelujah, mighty God. Hallelujah, awesome God. Yesu Christu, you are my king. You are my righteous one.
Hallelujah, mighty God. Come, Spirit of God, fall upon us.